Man, it's cold and windy out there. Uh, are we Buffalo? Jim, you look pretty no, warm I think yourself. We're in heaven. <laughs> we're in heaven. Welcome everybody to episode 93 of the Still City Insider Podcast. This is a special edition to get you ready for the Steelers wildcard playoff game this weekend, Sunday, 1 p.m. in freezing cold Buffalo. And you can see that we are dressed for the occasion. And Jim, it's pretty early. This is this harkens back to when we got started with this. How are you doing this fine morning? Uh, I'm good. As a matter of fact, I got to turn my music down. I forgot. I usually write with the music blasting. And um, so I usually write about right now. So now I'm just talking. It's a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we are going to preview the game. Uh, take a look at the matchups, the weather. We're going to talk about that to, to kick things off. Uh, all that and more, including predictions for how we see this Sunday playing out. But uh, Jim, just taking a look at the weather, I know we're we're making a joke here w- with uh, with the hoods, uh, and no, that's not a tribute to Bill Belichick and his recent uh, re- re- resignation from his position in, in New England. But if you look at the weather for this weekend, a high of 28, low of 19 degrees, high winds at game time with gusts up to 43 miles per hour. Um, and the, the wind is going to be between 18 and 25. And I, I looked up the definition of a gust. It lasts under 20 seconds. So we do have that. However, at noon, right before the game starts, those winds are going to subside slightly. But there's a big snowstorm coming through this weekend. Um, there's going to be some impact on the game. There's a rumor out there that if it's so bad, they're going to move it to Cleveland, which is a bunch of BS. It's not true. How do you know? Uh well, I saw some some uh, of your colleagues saying that that's just a bunch of non. I think Kabali said that's a bunch of nonsense. They're not moving it. Well, they, the PR staff did. Uh, hey, they may move it, and you never can predict what's going to happen in Buffalo. But you know, <laughs> remember the 2010 Super Bowl in Dallas? Yes, it was like an inch or two of, of snow and sleet. It shut down that city, man. It didn't shut down the Super Bowl, but. And I just thought of when I grew up in Buffalo, how two feet of snow is nothing. You know, just move it. The, the roads are all flat. It takes a lot to shut down the city of Buffalo. For them to move a playoff game, I, I, don't, I don't, has it happened in the past? Um, I, I haven't done that research. So, I mean, that's just, regardless of what the PR people are saying now that it won't happen, that just nature itself tells me that's an impossibility. Buffalo, Buffalo gets snow. They, they understand blizzards and they can, they know how to deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about now worry about what's going to be on the field because if it's 50 mile an hour gusts. 43, 43 Palomalu style wins. It's coming down a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So, but that's that's the backdrop for this contest. And and like you said, the, the snowstorm's not going to shut down Buffalo. Hopefully it's Pittsburgh that's shutting down Buffalo this weekend. But Jim, let's jump into it. This being our, our special episode this week to preview this contest. Let's break down the game and talk about how we see this thing playing out. Um, and maybe get into some of the matchups that you're seeing. Okay. Um you know, I do my numerical breakdown. I, I try to keep it simple and fundamental, and then I get a feel and I, I look at the matchups. And I, I like to be surprised when I look at the numbers. And when I saw that Buffalo had five game win streak and beat some teams like Miami, Dallas, at Kansas City, at Miami, 
and and all the rushing totals, I, I I expected bad because the Steelers' last five games include still includes New England and at Indy, and those were ugly games. But I was surprised. I was surprised by the Steelers' numbers being as close to Buffalo's as they are. At the line of scrimmage, Buffalo has a, a scant advantage because Buffalo's been giving up 4.4 yards per rush the last five games, exactly what the Steelers have been giving up. But they've rushed a little better, 4.1 compared to Steelers 3.7, which is a little surprise. The Steelers, I think, have the potential to be better than 3.7. As long as they're not running Najee outside, you know, uh, stop with that toss play. Yeah. And so uh, I, I, I like I like that line of scrimmage. That surprised me. Now, the Steelers have also uh, been giving up big plays still. Um, yards per completion is a key stat for me. But they're under 12, and 12's a danger. 12's a danger mark. They're at 11.9, which is not pretty. But Buffalo's 9.8. Nothing great there. And then there have been injuries with Buffalo. But before I get into the injuries, I, I mean in the, in the Buffalo secondary, but before I get into those, um, the last number I look at is the efficiency number, yards per point. Subtract the offensive yards per point from the defensive yards per point. The Steelers actually have the edge. And I attribute that to Mason Rudolph finishing drives. Mm-hmm. What the Steelers haven't been doing, their defense has been great in this stat, yards per point, because they're a bend but don't break. They give up the yards but not the points. Mm-hmm. Turnovers factor into that, uh, long and short field, special teams. It's a, it's a catch-all number for just efficiency. And the Steelers have the better number. So as, as ugly as they may look, and, and actually, the Steelers have played a little tougher schedule. You know, you, you throw New England, but uh, Buffalo has is, is played New England, too. Uh, the Steelers have actually played a little more difficult schedule. So these numbers are legit. Uh, I just, I like the Steelers' pluck factor. I, 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 I see the lines of scrimmage a little even. I worry about the defensive secondary of the Steelers, but look, Look who's getting healthy. The Steelers are getting healthy in their secondary, yes. and the Bills are getting unhealthy in their secondary. So I think that number is a wash. And uh, the pluckiness factor with the court, new quarterback, uh, you know, it reminds me of the 94 San Diego Chargers. They were efficient. They they were ugly. They were efficient, and thus the word pluck. Yes. And I think this Steelers team is plucky and physical. And uh, you just hope the quarterback keeps playing the way he was. Yeah. So, so that's the second time I heard you reference the uh, the the Chargers from that was that the '94 season, and they went on to get uh, stroked by the Niners, what fifty-five to fourteen. I'll take a fate like that for this team. That that'd be just fine by me. But let's get into some of those specific matchups. You talked about the Steelers secondary getting healthy, um, and then you. You mentioned the the Bills wide receivers. Um, there there are some injuries impacting that position for the Bills. It looks like Gabe Smith, guy who burnt the team last year, with some. Uh, I think he had three catches for what 190 some yards, something insane. But it doesn't look like he's going to go. Um, now that hasn't been announced officially, but I think one of his teammates, Stephon Diggs, kind of let that cat out of the bag. But that would be um, a gift to to help out this this healthy healthier Steelers secondary well you know the bills were getting were were priding themselves on their health i mean they have some uh, you know 
Tredavious White, their best corner, is on IR. Matt Milano, stud inside linebacker, on IR. A couple other key role players on IR. They've been dealing with that, but they were happy that everybody else was so healthy. But last game, they got four injuries. Three in the first half did not return. Taylor Rapp injured his calf while making the game-sealing interception on his last play. So I don't know what to say about Taylor Rapp. I'm not sure if you can go by the uh, injury report so much, but, you know, Gabe Davis uh, has sprained his PCL, did not return. And it makes sense what you're saying, that he probably won't return. Sprained PC, PCL is like the that's the posterior cruciate ligament. And it's it's rare, and it's also rare to keep you out because it doesn't get damaged very often. But when it does, the trainers worry about it because it can get worse. Mm-hmm. So the PCL is always uh, very treated very cautiously, even though it's it's usually not a factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rasul Douglas, their next best corner after Davis White, I believe. I could be wrong, but uh, according to my source, Rasul Douglas is pretty good. He had a knee injury, didn't return. He was replaced by a decent player named Dane Jackson. Taylor Rapp, we don't know about. He's their third safety anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, one of their linebackers, Tyrell Dodson, who helped replace Milano, he injured his shoulder and did not return. So there's a nobody I've ever recognized, Bayless Specter, replacing him. And Gabe Davis had Trent uh, Sherfield, who Buffalo people are high on, but he's not Gabe Davis. Right. right. So the injury factor i mean uh deon dawkins are left tackle and uh their tight end dawson knox missed with injury with illness but they'll you assume they'll be fine mm-hmm. now no. this go ahead no no go, you go well you go. i was gonna go on the steelers injuries you know uh of course tj's out the great tj who is the best defensive player in football and regardless of what uh, the players voted for the other day uh, it's just ridiculous um He's out. They have better. They have better depth. They're one and ten without TJ, but they haven't. It hasn't happened this year. Mm-hmm. It was like one and six last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they had they had weak depth, and they had, they attacked their depth this past off season, bringing in free agent Marcus Golden, who I I, I forget is he thirty three, but he doesn't play that old. Yeah. I, I, well, however old he is, he's not playing that old. He's he made two big plays last week. He's a good. He'll, I expect him to start over Nick Herbig, the fourth-round draft pick, who's just showed just some wonderful things to all of us as a pass rusher and special teams player. But I, I expect Marcus to get the start and play more of the snaps because he's stronger against the run. But both of those guys are a major upgrade from the depth they had replacing TJ last year. So it, I, I'm not too worried about the 1-10 in 10 aspect of it. You, you're always going to miss TJ, right? Right. Yeah, there's no way there's no way around that. Uh, Jim, one of the things that, that I did want to talk to you about today is, you know, you have this uncanny ability that the things that you talk about in the podcast actually come to fruition in the game. Um, and so this being the potentially the Steelers last game of uh, this season, you know, what do you think is going to happen this weekend? Just from your insight and your knowledge of covering uh, this team, what do you see transpiring on the field or maybe some little nuances from well I, I I don't know I can't get into nuances I can only I can only tell you what I expect out of the injury replacements and return to health Minka you know 
I expect Minka to help out with the tight end, Kincaid, because Eric Rowe showed so well in his three games off the couch. Mm -hmm. Uh, Should have been three turnovers, but two turnovers and 29 tackles in three games. Uh, I expect him to remain as a starter uh, and help on the back end as Minka covers the tight ends. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. And it just makes too much sense because the Buffalo tight ends are pretty good. And Minka's pretty good. He's got perfect size to cover tight ends and strong enough to bring him down. And Casey's back too. So now they can they can use that three safety package that they've loved all year. So um and and you can move Pat Peterson back to corner. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing that Pat Peterson was a better safety than corner. I thought. Pat was doing okay as a corner. I, I still thought he was the best they had uh, until Joey came in. And Joey, of course, I look for Joey to cover digs. Mm-hmm. And because uh, he's not he's not too shy about that in the locker and talking about that. Yeah. But we don't know the exact plans because digs goes in the slot a lot. Uh, Porter in the past hasn't traveled much with the guy who's lines up in the slot when his guy lines up in the slot. But I mean, that could change, uh, you know, it, with Pat Pete back uh, and Levi Wallace is not a third corner. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm much more relaxed about the safe, the secondary these days. And that's why I expect their yards per completion to come down a bit, mm-hmm. especially in the, if you got 43 mile an hour, pull winds blowing yes. around like a dervish. Yeah. <laughs> like a dervish. So how about on the offensive side of the football? What are you expecting there from the Steelers? Uh, well, I mean, just what we've been watching. You know, George Pickens is Mason Rudolph's guy. I I, I did an interview with Ramon Foster. Uh, I don't know if you read it. Uh, it was on the site the other day. It was a good interview. And Ramon was talking about Kenny and Mason. He goes, you know, when Mason came in, he did what Ben did. Ben identified his guy. Ben identified AB's my guy. I'm sorry, Emmanuel. I'll do what I can, but AB's my guy. I'm sorry, Mark Davis. You'll get a few balls, but AB's my guy. Well, Mason stepped in, and who was his guy? George Pickens, right away. Mm-hmm. And and Ramon said, Who was Kenny's guy? And I'm thinking, I mean, all I could think down was check downs to Jalen Warren. I I didn't he didn't have a guy. Yeah. And uh Ramon goes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And he, he's not writing Kenny off by any means, but that's what Kenny's going to have to develop. You mm-hmm. Get his guy and go to his guy. Now they didn't go to Pickens last game. He was a, he was a, a, a decoy. And he was double teamed, and they wasted a lot of time on him. And look what DJ did. So uh, and you still have um, uh, the tight end and Calvin Austin. You know I, he's on the verge. He's on the verge mm-hmm. of regaining that big play magic he had early in the year. And as a punt returner, I, I, I just – I know Allen Robinson's a quality slot guy, good enough, do does what they want in the run game, but look for Calvin too. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the tight end. Um, and the big tight end, the big boy, number 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's weapons. And, of course, Najee up the middle and Jalen uh, as the um, complement, as the pass catcher. So I, I don't know that I'm offering any surprises on offense other than what we've been watching. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously you have to love that George Pickens has become Mason Rudolph's guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. If it ain't broke, right? That's the I don't that's the see anything 
yeah, I don't see anything changing. But some of the defensive changes have to be made. Right. Yeah. So then let's bring this bring this home here with uh, your prediction. How do you see it playing out? And uh, are the Steelers uh, celebrating a victory come Monday? Well, I tell you, you know, I, I look at this yards per point as an indicator of over-unders. Let's just start with that. Uh, the Steelers' offense is at a number numbers we haven't seen, 14.6 yards per point. Usually it's like 22 yards per point. And their defense has been solid, 17.2. Anything over 15 and 16 is under territory. Anything uh, under that number is over. So if you get like three of these numbers counting Buffaloes, these numbers come up to be to indicate an over game for me. But that wind, you know, Polamalu is going to get in there and do his magic. Uh, I don't know that that, you know, field goals go awry. Long passes are more difficult. Intermediate passes are more difficult. I understand Josh Allen has the gun, but he's also made a lot of mistakes this year, and he could use that gun to make some mistakes especially with a guy like Minka and Pat Pete and guys like that out there. e Yeah. So um, I, I want to say over, but also the wind is the worst. I, I, you can give me two feet of snow. It's not going to affect my outlook or rain on mm. the over-under. But wind, man, that just tends it to knock it. So I'm going to – and I'm going to I'm gonna pick the Steelers to win, uh, you know, because – I, I, I like them to cover the spread, plus 10. And I like the pluck factor. I like these numbers. They've surprised me, and I always like to be surprised. Uh, and I might as well pick the win because I cover the Steelers, right? It makes it easier for – I know you're going to call me a homer. Anyone who knows me knows I'm not a homer. But uh, I'm going to predict this uh, – uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tad over into the over just slightly. Against my better judgment, I would not put money on the over, but these numbers tell me over. Now, I'm going to say 20 to 17 Steelers. Nice, nice. So that's uh, 37 points. The over-under is 35 and a half. Well, the, 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 the choice I actually like is Pittsburgh plus 10. Okay. And just to give you kind of my thoughts here on how I see things playing out. So, um, you know, when you have – so many people saying that the outcome is this, the outcome is this, the outcome is this, the outcome is this. Typically, the outcome is not this. It's that. And, uh, you know, I, I think there is a, such a thing as, as overconfidence and, and believing in the hype. And th this is a team of uh, destiny and Buffalo, that this is their year overcoming the adversity that they have. But what probably people in the national media don't understand is the the transformation that has taken place within this Pittsburgh team over these last few weeks. It's a completely different team under Mason Rudolph and nobody's nobody's acknowledging that. And unless you cover the team closely, you're not going to know it. And I'm going to harken back to that preseason contest against Buffalo in Pittsburgh where the Steelers dominated the Bills and they dominated their ones. And in that game, you you mentioned uh, Calvin Austin. He he had a, a great punt return. He had some quality plays there. Connor Hayward had a touchdown reception. Pat Freyermuth had that nice touchdown reception over the middle of the field from Kenny Pickett. Um, and Nick Herbig made some big plays. I think you're going to see all those players come up strong in this contest. The Steelers are going to win 26-22. And we're gonna keep we're gonna keep covering playoff games next week, Jim. I think that's uh, that's All in the right. cards for us. All right. Well, so. let's let's get ready to shuffle off the buffalo. All right. Woo.
Let's do it. So that's going to that's gonna be the end of episode number 93. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Enjoy the game this weekend, and we will see you back here, episode number 94, hopefully celebrating a Steelers victory. Have a great weekend, Jim. All right, you too, Jeremy. Take care. All right, take care.